Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Today, we are going to uh, have a talk about coded words. Uh, this is going to be part of our diversity and inclusion series, and uh, it's going to be heavy on the, I would call it the inclusion part of all this. Uh, so, Rochelle, often we use words in technology that have other purposes. Uh, a few examples that you mentioned were like Hadoop, Anchor, Zookeeper, Fedora, Samba, like, and you think of these names and it's like, what do those names even mean? Like, when I see those, I think Zookeeper what on earth is that piece of software? And I happen to know like a little bit about Zookeeper and I think it's for keeping track of inventory. So it's sort of like managing the creatures in a zoo, which is weird. Like Fedora, Fedora is a hat, right? Fedora spawned out of, the only reason I know the background on that is because it was spawned out of a company called Red Hat. And it was sort of like an alter, not an alternative, but a, a different flavor. And they were like, oh, well, it will keep it in the hat family and call it Fedora. And then Samba, that comes from uh, the SMB protocol, and they just added a couple of vowels in there. It's like, it's so weird. And it also makes me think of a couple other pieces of software that used to exist. Uh, there was one called Bro, uh, which was, you know, you think about Bro, what does that even mean? I think it comes out of like Little Brother or Big Brother, and then they renamed it to Zeke. And it's like, well, I don't, neither of those really make sense to me as to, uh, as, as to what this is uh so yeah it just all these dual meaning words can lead to a lot of uh confusion and uh can you uh, talk about some other examples of uh coded words that uh, lead to this type of confusion there are tons of them i like that you mentioned the word bro i mean for example um when you think about bro you know um like you said brother and it's amazing the use of the word bro. Like, for example, um, white people say bro, you know, and, and you know, and it's a very narrow use of the word where black people say bro, you know, exact same meaning of the word, but it has different connotations. And when we interact with each other, like, so um, white person and a black person meet each other, like your friends who've known each other for a while, and you know, say, what's happening, bro? And the black person said, what's happening, bro? You know, so the yeah. interesting to the word. And when you think about that in technology, we had talked about this a long time ago, you know, so um, slave and master, you know, used to be a term used to be used to talk about the relationship between hard drives, you know, and 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 the uh, uh, piece of hardware that manages the hard drive, right? So mm -hmm. the slave the master, the master was the piece of hardware that manages the different uh, hard drives, you know, and, and how they're in the array, you know. And, and it's amazing that when you think about the use of these words and how we've used them over time, over time we've come to become comfortable with those words. And, um, you know, so the N-word, um, and we talked about this a little bit, you know, like we have become comfortable with that word in the sense that, um, especially in sports, um, you know, we've used it casually. Um, and one of the other terms that really has come into play a lot is the word people of color. Mm -hmm. um, 
and, and we hear it a lot, you know, especially on the news when there's crimes and or when we're talking about a large gathering. And so people of color has become an umbrella term, right? So um, black, brown, yellow, red, all of us have fallen into that umbrella. But um, if you think about it, it's it, it's an old word. Um, the first time it was used, um, I mean, there are a couple of first times. The first time it was used, um, it was used um, back in the early days. And, and I'm trying to remember the first time I saw the, the phrase the first time I saw it used, um, it was used in um, uh, I think um, in 1611. Oh, wow. I read something was used back then. It was used in um, what is the man's name? I can't think of it. I'm trying to remember. Um, but it was used um, by a, a person his name was john speed if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. and he used his colored countenances you know and meaning in your face right so meaning black um and uh there were lots of times when it was used um um so um if i remember correctly it was used um um what is it the first time um i heard it used it was used back in um the Oxford Dictionary, Oxford English Dictionary. And I, I did some research about this and I'm trying to remember it. I'm, I'm reading from a paper I've written um, from the French gens, uh, Holmes de Couleur in the 18th century. It says a 1797 survey of the population is now of Haiti, three classes of people. And he used that to use people of color. And that was in 1797. I had no idea that term was so old. I, I did not either. And then in 1912, um, the Baltimore Afro-American newspaper had used it. Um, it says the statues of Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas assert that a person of color is anyone who is descended from a Negro to the third generation, inclusive, though one ancestor in each generation may have been white. According to the law of Alabama, one is a person of color who had any Negro blood in his ancestry for five generations. In Arkansas, a person of color includes all who have a visible and distinct admixture, A-D-M-I-X-T-U-R, of African blood. Thus, it would seem that a Negro is any one state that is, is, is not always a Negro in another. So... You know, it's one of those terms that has multiple meanings, right? Yeah. So, and, and and one of the reasons why I take exceptions to people of color, it's not just that. It's just that, so the way it's been used to categorize people that are dark color, complected, you know, that's one thing, right? So if that's universally the de- definition of people of color, it's hard to do that, right? So if you look at people today, so people who marry outside of their race, so black and white people who marry Asian and, and black people who marry Hispanic and black, their complexions change over time. So I, you familiar with a football player named Patrick Mahomes? No, not not at all. I, I know very little about football. I understand. I know very little about horror movies. <laughs> 
So Patrick Mahomes is plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a very fair-complected Black man. I believe he has a white mother. He recently had a baby with a white woman. The baby, there's nothing about that baby looks like it could be Black. So if you use the term people of color as a determinant, and it's simply because you can look at that person's countenance, their face, and say that person is Black or brown or whatever, and you're making a judgment that person is a person of color based on that, you lose that reference as the person complexion moves away from anything that's visually obvious, right? Yeah. So, and I go back to my earlier argument about my box of crayons, and I think I have a box of crayons somewhere in my office, but I won't get up and show you my box of crayons, but it has a white crayon in it. Um, so what is a person of color? And so when we think about diversity in its truest sense. So diversity just means different, right? So we historically have been different since the very beginning of time. There is nothing that is exactly the same. There's no white person saying, do you have brothers or sisters, Drew? Yep. Yep. I have a, a brother. Do you look like him? Not at all. he got like a full head of hair. He's like eight inches taller than me. Uh, we look uh, like nothing alike. I would say we maybe have a similar like family nose style. And that's that's probably the only way you would know we were brothers. Right. That's diversity. That's simply diversity right there. You know, if you if you try to categorize people by some physical characteristic, eye color, nose, lips, mouth, hair, any of those things, you lose immediately. So if you were to try to categorize white people and say all white people are white, you know, um, simply I have on a white shirt. Yeah. Uh, this is white. White people are beige and pink as yeah. a color. I mean, like, and that's no disrespect. I mean, like, but they're not white. Yeah, black absolutely. people are not black. I mean, there are some, there are some black people who reach blackness, reach the color of black, but they're not black. Red people are not red. Uh, Asian people are not yellow. I mean, like the color character characterization doesn't matter. So then if you characterize white people by eye color, <laughs> majority of white people have brown eyes, not blue eyes. So you yeah. can't win there. Okay, if you color by hair, majority of white people have brown hair. So so characterization, characterizations do not win. So when you get to the fact that we use this dualization of things, right? So we try to care. So things like Hadoop or Zamba or Fedora, they work in a very small margin, right? But we're already losing the use of those terms, right? So we're already, so Hadoop, you know, we think about that in terms of data, right? Mm -hmm. We're all, it's already facing itself out, right? So we're already moving away from that, right? So every time we find a characterization in technology, it only has a very short shelf life, right? So eventually mm -hmm. it wears itself off. So we, where do we go from master and slave in technology? Where do we, when we stop using those terms, what terms do we use? So for master and slave specifically, there's like, there's a fair amount of alternatives. Like I think the biggest one is probably primary and secondary. Uh, the one that I prefer is uh, heroes and sidekicks. Uh, there is uh I guess those are the main ones or the I, I mostly think of primary and secondary because it's sort of 
illustrates the point of this is the main thing and this is the secondary thing versus the non-inclusive master slave. But like, and that reminds, right. and we've had but, this but, conversation before too, but like this change didn't happen until nobody was even really, not nobody, but the majority of people didn't even think about it until maybe four or five years ago. It was just a given that, and we use these terms every day. But the point that you made, and you made it very, very, very beautifully, we don't hold on to things, terminology and categorizations very long because they wear themselves out, right? They don't, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't sufficiently help us do our job, right? So almost every term that we've had, we've moved away. So I remember when cloud computing came along, <laughs> we're slowly moving away from that. You know, <laughs> everything that we have come up with in terms of a categorization of something did not fit the mold, right? Yeah. It it did for a little while. It served its purpose for a little while, right? It worked for us. It helped us think about how to do this work. And then we kind of moved away from it. And the same is true in our world of belonging, inclusion, diversity, and equity. Those terms serve us now, but eventually they will not. Because as we start to think of ourselves, you know, there's so many things that are pointing at us, right? So we've got climate problems. We've got a world problem, you know, like, we're just right here on the brink of maybe having a world, world war again, right? So what's happening with Ukraine and Russia and China and Taiwan, all of these factors are just sitting right on the brink, right? And so we're going to have to put on our, and I don't even want to say that, we're going to have to put on our big girl pants. I don't even want to say our big boy pants, our big girl pants. <laughs> it really makes some serious thinking about how we see ourselves when we were not prepared for a pandemic. Right. So yeah. COVID caught us off guard. We were not prepared for 9-11. You know, as a planet, we really need to think carefully about all of these things, how we see race and gender and age and all of these things. We need to think about how we see our planet. You know, you know, are we caring for it? We have glaciers melting. They say by 2030, 70 percent of all the glaciers will be gone. You know, what are we doing to our planet? You know, we need to think about these things. You know, what are we thinking about, you know, constantly arming ourselves, pr pr producing more guns and more ammunition, you know, thinking about war, you know, all this hate we have among ourselves. You know, I asked myself this the other day. I did not vote for 45, but I don't necessarily agree with this persecution of him you know what does it serve to prevent him from running you have other alternatives if you don't believe he's the right candidate but wasting all this money chasing after him you know there's going to be possibly a, a lawsuit in georgia for what you know like if he did something wrong fine but just to do it for the sake of doing it seems like to me wasteful so but my point just is, is all these things that we're doing seems futile it doesn't seem like we're really accomplishing what we really, really need to do. We need to see each other as human beings. I say that all the time. We need to make technology fair and equitable for everybody. We need to stop producing mass technology, just forcing it out there without thinking about it. All these commercials that take our money, we need to think about this better. So, Drew, we need to do better, a better job of being human beings and seeing each other equally. We need to do a better job of helping each other. You know, when we need help, we need to be able to go ask for help and people come to our aid. And that's not self, that's not sacrificing yourself. It's just being willing to help. And it means making our planet better to not go to war, to not waste money on things that we don't. 
We have given billions of dollars to Ukraine, and I'm not saying anything bad about that, but we still have hunger, homelessness. We have children in America that are hungry. That We don't have clean water in places in America. That's all I have to say, Drew. Yeah, that, that, those are all like perfect points. It reminds me, have you seen that video? It just it went viral earlier this week of uh, uh, these two groups of people fighting on an Alabama river dock. Uh, it's this uh oh the black guy was trying to park park his boat or something yeah yeah and it ended up being like a bunch of like uh, uh, it started with a bunch of white people like attacking a black man and then it ended up it, i mean it almost looked like a racial fight like there were just like tons of people joining in and it's sort of like uh, you know when i first saw it it was very like the posts were sort of lighthearted about oh look at this silly fight but it's like oh man this doesn't look it's, it's not good like i don't want to see like a, a race fight on the internet like that's awful that seems like that should have stopped many many years ago but like here we are again we hate each other drew we literally hate each other and that's that's the part of the problem we hate each other we don't know why let me tell you something i invited one of our neighbors over for a simple dinner just me and skip and her and her husband you know, she didn't respond immediately. She waited. And then from another neighbor, I heard that I had invited her. Okay, I didn't think anything of it. And then eventually she just said, no, I don't think we're able to come. I didn't think anything of it. it made sense. And then I found out from the same neighbor that she felt uncomfortable. Why she just couldn't say that? It's because yeah. we don't know how to feel comfortable with each other. And it's because we have learned early ages to dislike and hate each other. And there's just so much of that in this world. And I don't know how to fix it. I don't even know what to do about it. I am, I am just at my wits end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hot. What we saw in that dock is true everywhere. It's everywhere, Drew. It's just everywhere. You know, police officers, firemen, ever. Why is that? Yeah, I mean it's uh it's crazy. The police, I mean police especially, uh, seem to be awful. And it's not that it's a new thing. I think it's just that we see it now more with technology. And like you know, we can see videos of these things happening. Uh, and you know what what happened before we had cell like what happened before people were filming these things? You know, like it must have been. I'm sure. I mean, I can't, it's hard to imagine it was worse than it is now, but I'm I'm sure it was worse than it is now. And even now is awful. So. But Drew, you are a perfect example. Before you knew me, you did not see. And it's simply that it's just making people see. Because, you know, like, there was, there's just a part of us that, you know, there's no reason to look anywhere but what's directly in front of us. You know, I see our family. I go see my work. I only am what I'm forced to see if I have to work with this person. And this is true even for white people. You know, there's some white people you don't see, right? You know, the guy know. with the ring, you know, the tattoo on his forehead, you know, like it's just who we are. You know, we're, we're forced to see things we don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think you just it have is. to like, and you have to sort of put yourself out there and just go like because I think a lot of people are just comfortable in their lane right like you get in your lane you go straight ahead you don't look to either side and that's where you are uh and it's it's a big step to 
change lanes. And when I change, say change lanes, I don't mean like change your life, but just reach out to somebody and say like, Hey, how's it going? Or like, Hey, that, that thing you did was really funny. Or like, I really like X, Y, and Z. And it really like, uh, you know, and I credit you with this Rochelle, Rochelle, the connector, like you make a connection there. And the more connections you have to people, the easier it is to connect with people. It, It sounds sort of obvious, but a lot of us, including myself until very recently, just you know, stayed stayed in our lanes. Like, get in lane. Look but at you. But you were willing. You were willing. You know, when you were coming to the law school, you were willing. You, you know, I didn't take you for an outgoing person, but you came to the law school. You're willing to teach us. You're willing to share your knowledge with. That's a big step, Drew. And I say, very. I mean, like, that's not even being outgoing. That's just being willing to help people learn something more than what they already know. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, so I will say that about you, Drew. That's pretty powerful. I, I'm trying. Everybody got to try and get better every day. We don't. We don't want to get worse. We, I hope. I'm. I hope right now is the worst I ever am. I hope I only get better. Oh, you're better, Drew. Well, I think we are about at time for today. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts really on anything, but especially our topic today. So please send us your, your thoughts and ideas to imminentteachnology at gmail.com. And uh, we will talk to you all soon. Thank you.